Grab your coffee and your Bible Listen to what the Spirit says It's time for Daybreak Daybreak <laughs> Good morning! Morning, good. What's up? Today is Thursday, February the 16th, the year of our Lord, 2023, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts and Josh. Oh, yeah. We switched the way we do this. Yeah, we don't have to switch the button. Okay. Still getting used to it. Today we're talking about the blessed hope, so I thought Days of Elijah would be good.
Anything you'd like to say? You don't talk to nobody anymore. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late until morning. <laughs> A little tired and a little sleepy this morning, you guys. Yeah, we always stay up too late. All right. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Good to be with you. Uh, and yes, Brother Charles is doing much better. He left out from Missouri, so he should be in Missouri. And uh, give him a call today, see how things are going on. He had a couple of bad days uh, with a virus, and then uh, he got better, and he's got some business in Missouri to take care of, so he's on the road. Uh, Asbury Revival, if, uh, if you'd like to find out a little more about the Asbury Revival, there's a, a ministry called Remnant Radio, Remnant Radio, and... They did a special yesterday on it. I was just talking about the revival. I think it uh, would be very wise to listen to that special to learn what, what kind of revival is this. It definitely is a move of God. God definitely is moving. One of the things that we're talking about, how so many people are coming from all over America. And internationally. And internationally, I think now people are beginning to fly in. Uh, but... We're talking about how a lot of times a lot of spectators are coming. So people are just showing up with their phones out. And one of the things, this might be why. Somebody asked me yesterday because I, I shared a link to a YouTube that had something about the revival. And uh, someone asked why I took it down. And I didn't take it down. Uh, but after they asked me why I took it down, I clicked the link and went to it on YouTube. And it had been taken down. It says by the it was taken down by the one who uploaded it, and so I would say the reason is that uh, as it's becoming more and more, there's more and more publicity going. It's drawing more spectators, and they really don't want that. I mean, they're God is doing something. They're trying to shepherd it and say, this is about a uh, a return to holiness. As said, people are confessing sins and turning to the Lord. People are verbally confessing sins before the uh, everybody that's there and and people are crying out to God it's 80% music worship just worship and singing and uh, every couple of hours you know they're asking people to put their phones away please you know don't be going live that uh, you know here in the moment. protect the moment you know be in the moment in other words be let, let God do something with you instead of just coming and being a spectator you know and uh, so anyway, I thought it was a very good interview. Lisa and I thought it was a good interview. We listened to it on the way home yeah, last night. It, we didn't hear every bit of it, but we heard, what, 40 minutes of it, I'd say? 30 minutes of it? Uh, Remnant Radio, and then check out their special on Asbury Revival from yesterday. And I just thought it was great. And I thought they said some very wise, wise things. Okay, so we're going to pick up now. We're in Titus, and we're in Titus chapter 2, and we're going to pick up with verse 12 again and, and begin moving on from there. So let's read. Book of Titus chapter 2, verse 12. 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Uh, what is teaching us? Grace. The grace of God that brings salvation. You can say the grace that saves, here's what it does. Charles Spurgeon likes to say, I, I read Charles Spurgeon saying, uh, disciplines of grace are denying, living, and looking. Denying, living, and looking. And so we're called here to deny and says the grace that saves teaches us to deny ungodliness and basically at the end of that says live godly in this present age so if anyone believes or anyone teaches that salvation doesn't mean that we're to live godly in this present age uh, they are seriously mistaken uh, that's that's the call verse 13 looking for as we're living godly in this present age by the help of god's grace we are looking for the blessed hope. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord, right? Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now notice, who is writing this letter? The Apostle Paul, the Pharisee of the Pharisees that was converted on the road to Damascus. And he's teaching Titus to teach the Cretans, because the Cretans, remember, are full of idol worship and all these gods. And he's saying, let me tell you who the great God is. Our great God is Jesus Christ. That is our great God, Jesus Christ. And notice that it says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing, the blessed hope, not to diminish anything else that I'm going to say here, the but the blessed hope is not heaven. The blessed hope is not even really living life eternally. The blessed hope is seeing our King face to face. It is Jesus, Yeshua, HaMashiach. He is, our he is our blessed hope, our great God. You believe Jesus is God? Yes. He is our, not just any God, He is our great God. Amen and amen. And Savior, He's also the one who rescued us and saved us. Our great God, verse 14, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. This is the church. This is what the church is to look like. Let's take line by line, verse by verse. Verse 14 says, who gave himself for us. Nobody took his life from him. He gave himself willingly. He chose. He chose to become a man. He chose to live in this world. He chose to be tempted in every way like we are, yet without sin. He chose to become the sacrificial lamb. He chose to have the transfer of sins of the world transferred onto him. He chose to stand under the wrath and penalty for sin. 
on our behalf. He chose the cross. He chose the beating. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us. This has within it the teaching of buying back from slavery. Um, purchasing, buying, purchasing someone from slavery. And what he did is purchased us from our slavery to sin. That's what this means. Um, redeem us uh, from every lawless deed and purified from himself his own special people. So he bought us from slavery to set us free in, other, in order to purify for himself his own people. That we'd be, we'd be a special people, a peculiar people, zealous for good works. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Verse 15, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. And I've, I think I've shared this with you before, but uh, many of these letters were written not only for the one they're written to, but they would actually stand up and read these in front of the congregations. You know, we don't do that quite as much anymore. There's much more. We just read a verse or two or three, and then we teach. Uh, but... To my understanding, early on, they would take these letters and they would probably read an entire letter and then teach on it or talk about it. But he tells him, and through Paul telling telling, uh, Titus here, and through telling Titus, tells all of us in this pastoral epistle that we need to exhort and rebuke with authority. Uh, Teach these things that he has been teaching and let nobody despise you. And this has within it, let, no, let nobody despise you means really to Timothy saying you need to live out what you're teaching. Don't let anybody blaspheme what you're teaching by your life. You know, don't let anybody be able to despise you that has that within it. Also, it has within it, um, don't worry about what they think. You know, don't worry about what anybody thinks. You teach these things. These are the truths of God. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Yeah, so he says, um, let no one disregard you. Yeah, amen. Chapter 3, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. Um. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work. Now, it doesn't mean obey the rulers when they're telling you to be ungodly. We are to live godly in this present age. But if what is being said by the rulers is not something that's out of the realm of godliness, then we are to be obedient. And I've said this many times. Paul says this in the letter to Romans as well. Basically, Christians should be the best citizens. We should be the best citizens in the land. We should be those who are not trying on every turn to break the rules. We sh- should be obedient to the rules. Amen. And 
and subject to the authorities. And listen to this. Be ready for every good work. In other words, don't just be passive. Don't be a passive believer that's, okay, you're good and you're not disobeying, but be ready for good works. Verse 2. Yes. So I was, I went, all of a sudden I got a picture of, um, what do they call it? You know, when an ambassador from another country comes here mm -hmm. and then they use their special, special privileges. Yes. Yeah. And they call it diplomatic immunity. Dipl no, we don't have diplomatic immunity. Yeah. I mean, what I mean to say is, a lot of times, like in movies and things, you'll see them abusing that right. The diplomatic community. Abusing yeah. that power. And, you know, this, God's grace to us is not a license to sin. It's not like, oh, we've got a free pass. We can do whatever we want, and you can't touch us. It's not like that. We're supposed, we are ambassadors of Christ, and we are supposed to live a life that is exemplary, um, you know, because nothing makes you madder than for somebody to take in our flesh even we get mad we watch these movies and we see them saying well, you can't touch me because blah 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 it makes this righteous indignation kind of rise up in you Amen. and uh, we don't ever want people to look at us like that like we're taking advantage of our grace Amen. Uh, we're told to live godly in this present age so yes that's absolutely right live godly in this present age and be subject to the rulers and authorities um and then verse two says speak evil of no one i don't think we're doing that as very well are we speak evil of no one be peaceable gentle showing all humility to all men For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating and be and hate, excuse, hateful and hating one another. We ourselves were also foolish. We were disobedient. We were, we were just like everybody else. And this is the point. Once we have come to the Lord, we are now. Uh, are different people. We are different. We're not who we used to be. Amen? And so our life is supposed to change. For all of us, there's a before and after. You know, I call it B.C. and A.D. Uh, jokingly sometimes. I be talking about our life, and then I might add in, I'll say, now that was B.C. And, uh, you know, just as a joke, but meaning before I was fully dedicated to the Lord. I mean, there's there's the life before Jesus. There's the life after Jesus. Now, for most of us, I say that kind of jokingly because for many of us, we got saved as a child. But maybe even getting saved as a child, you grow up in a church that maybe godliness isn't taught like it ought to be or uh, the emphasis is just on, okay, you know, say that prayer or go to the altar or, you know, just, all right, now you're okay. And then you kind of live your life. If you haven't been discipled, uh, it's easy, especially if grace is taught a certain way, it's easy for teenagers then to just drift off into sin and and uh, seemingly be okay with that. And I were one of those. And God got a hold of me in my late 20s. And, and usually when I say B.C., I'm talking about 
before 27 because you know at 27 was God's radically got a hold of me and started really putting all of this in my heart but we used to be just like everybody else disobedient foolish have various lusts hating one another being hateful listen if you get nothing else out of this portion Christians should not be hateful that should not define anyone who says I'm a born again Christian Hatefulness is not part of our life, our creed. Amen? Uh, hating one another. Verse 4, I'm in 3, 4 now. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward all men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but, a, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Let's read that again. Not by works of righteousness. I wasn't good enough for this to happen. Which we have done. Didn't do anything to earn it. But according to God's mercy, God had mercy through grace and let me realize my shape and sin. And according to his mercy, he saved us, me and you, if you're saved. How? Through the washing, cleansing, washing of regeneration. Renewal, regeneration. And renewal of the Holy Ghost. There's a renewing of the Holy Spirit within us. And then that Holy Spirit that lives within us, that grace that saves, brings the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now lives in us and with us. And we have a conscience now that should guide us to not be hateful, not to be living in worldly passions, not to be following, but but rather brings conviction to us and says to us, you don't need to do that. Uh, you shouldn't have said that. Your attitude right now is wrong, right? And, and we don't need to lift up our flesh and justify ourselves and say, no, I, I love it. I want to be in the flesh. You know, sometimes we born-again Christians get in the flesh, we call it, and we do things we ought not. Amen. And there's grace for that as well. There's grace for that. Let's just not excuse it. Let's not be okay with it, okay? Amen. And let's turn to the Lord with all of that. You know, just like this revival happening up at Asbury College, people are confessing sins. When the Holy Spirit actually shows up and starts working in a church, in your life, you know what happens? Confession. Repentance. Turning. It really does happen. And it's no, a grace of God. Yes. We don't hear enough of that anymore. Calls no. for repentance Amen. in our churches. We don't. Yeah. Well, repentance is kind of, it's kind of that that the type of evangelism that's not really. And I'm not saying the church you go to. Okay. I'm saying it's not really liked as much. It's more of the. It's more of the friendly, uplifting Jesus that. It, you know, Jesus has mercy on all of us and we can come to him no matter how bad we've been. But we've kind of got this buddy Jesus kind of gospel now. It's like, yeah. oh, he's cool with everything we're doing. You know, you ain't got to repent from it. You know, right. that's what grace is. Just go on living in it. Grace discovers it and you're okay. And that it's, a, it's really a false gospel. It's really a false grace that's being taught. Amen. Um, I've actually heard people say that out of their mouths 
mm-hmm. yeah. know, about some sins that the Bible calls an abomination. An abomination. And they'll just say, well, Jesus died for this sin just like yeah. he did. Jesus died for, for this. Right. Lie, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it's true, but the point is repentance means turn from. Amen. Turn from. Now, none of us do it perfectly, and all of us need grace every day. You know, I need your grace to make it through. Thing. I thought about Jesus, Jesus told Peter, you know, basically he said, we, we're not of this world. We don't have to pay tax, you know, to this system. Yeah. But. So that we don't offend him. So anyway. that we don't offend him. We're going to go. He went above and beyond. Yeah. You know, to be above reproach. And, and we go. Oh, well, it's covered by the blood. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for covering so many things by the blood. Where would we be without the Lord? Where would we be without his grace? We couldn't be saved without his grace, but we also are not to live in a way that does despite to the spirit of grace. His people should be a peculiar people. He redeemed us, set us apart, that he would have, a special people, his own special, peculiar people in this earth that are zealous for good works. So that's who we're supposed to be. We'll take this up tomorrow, and hopefully we will finish the book of Titus tomorrow, Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise too high. It's raining pretty hard here in Tennessee. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Amen, Peggy. Me too. I pray every day as well. Hallelujah. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Let's say, and and in this prayer is a daily prayer of forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So as we're needing, we know we have to have grace from every, every day we need grace from our Father. And just like that, let us every day offer grace to the people around us as well. All right. Speak the truth in love, but be merciful and graceful. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Love you guys. Bye.